Hello and welcome to Haunted Hometowns, your weekly true crime paranormal podcast with me, Blake Lambert-Hack. This season, I am covering cases from Edinburgh, Scotland, and tonight, the season comes to an end. I know this episode is coming out a bit late. That's because of a multitude of reasons, Uh, guest canceling, me being sick and almost losing my voice, a new job so on and so forth. I'm sorry for the wait. However, we have the final here. It's just you and I tonight. And I have been loving researching about Edinburgh. It's made me want to visit the city even more, hopefully planning a trip to Europe in August, fingers crossed, but it'd be to Italy. So I'm hoping that I get to visit Venice for the first time because I talked about Venice last season and I can take videos and tour the places that I covered last season. That's a goal of mine this year. Maybe next year I'll make it a point of going to Edinburgh. Either way, I just need to visit the world more, but visit these cities that I'm covering more. Next season which will come out soon in April, is going to be about New York City. I live here now, and I think I'm going to focus mainly on Manhattan, and then maybe down the line I'll cover more of New York since it's so big and filled with history, so there's a lot to cover here. But yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh, Check out socials, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Eventually, I'll make a TikTok, I promise. I have a TikTok. I haven't posted anything on it. I will get there. Maybe a Patreon as well to cover episodes that I've written but never recorded. Who's to say? But keep track on uh, Instagram for sure because I post most of my stuff there and then Twitter as well. Haunted hometowns. But thank you all for joining me tonight. Of course, it's the end of the season so I had to bring a huge case for the last episode of Edinburgh and what better than the icon of Edinburgh the incredibly haunted Edinburgh Castle as I mentioned before Edinburgh Castle sits on Castle Rock which is the name of a volcano plug vent situation i believe but to us it just looks like you know a hill with a castle on it like hogwarts or castle rock castle rock sits 430 feet above sea level so it is up there and the castle is so old historians are unclear about when it was built the oldest written record of the castle dates back to the 12th century when king david the first of scotland lived in this castle he was king of scotland from 1124 to 1153 but the castle could have predated him it is unclear to quote vixen from rupaul's drag race too vague it continued to house the royal family until the 1600s when hollyrood palace was built down the road from the castle which you know i covered in a previous episode Literally, the Royal Mile is a road that stretches from Edinburgh Castle to Holyrood, and it's on a decline down the hill. Coming in as the 10th largest castle in the world at 35,737 square meters, Edinburgh Castle was originally built for the protection, and a large hill brings a strategic advantage for the city, right? You never want to be going up a hill to fight. You always want to be going down the hill to fight. Also, fun fact about like castles, I guess. The stairs are 
curved, a spiral staircase, if you will. And they all go a specific direction because when you're walking up the stairs, usually your right hand is on the inside and most people being right-handed, you couldn't swing a sword that direction. However, if you were coming down the spiral staircase with your right hand, you can swing down. So it was another strategic advantage. Anyway, the only way to the castle is up the Royal Mile on the east side because the rest of the castle lands right on the cliffs of the Castle Rock. There was also a lock that surrounded the north side of the castle centuries ago. However, it is now just gardens. Edinburgh Castle is the most besieged castle in the world. The castle was attacked at least 23 times. And to quote Nicki Minaj, give it up. I win, you lose. Again, I'm going to post photos on Instagram as I do for all of my episodes, but if you want to know what the castle looks like, check there, Google, what have you. But even though parts of the castle were built in the 1100s, it was continually added onto throughout the 1900s. So as I walk you through some of these buildings, not all of them are super old. And the castle at one point was completely burned to the ground and then rebuilt. But that was like so long ago. And then through besieging and, you know, conquering certain buildings have been destroyed and rebuilt and so on and so forth. So it's kind of like a makeshift Frankenstein style castle. The first area of the castle is the Esplanade, just a large flat area they use for, I believe, parking now. But in August, they do a military performance. So when you approach the castle, you'll first run into the gatehouse, of course. You cross a small little bridge with a ditch underneath. And on either side of the gate are two bronze statues One is of Robert the Bruce and the other William Wallace. Because the castle sits on a dormant volcano, it's not quite level, of course. Once you pass through the gate, you have an incline kind of in a spiral with buildings jetting off the spiral, if you will. So like the main road in the castle, it's... This castle is part in, part inside, part outside. It's like a bunch of buildings, not just one big castle, if that makes sense. Like, we're not talking a huge building with a million rooms. This castle is essentially outside, and each building is its own, you know, room. So you walk through the gate, and you look up. There is a building called the Half Moon Battery. This building was created for defense purposes. A three-story tall curved building that that has cutouts for guns and other defenses. During a renovation project, they discovered that Half Moon Battery was built on top of a building known as David's Tower. David's Tower was 100 feet tall and was destroyed during one of the many sieges. 100 feet tall on top of a hill that's 430 feet tall. You could see miles and miles and miles. No one was sneaking up on Edinburgh. The foundation of Davis Tower is still there. Uh, so they just built on top of the intact foundation. And they built Half Moon Battery. If you continue to the right, on the road, within Edinburgh Castle... Your next stop would be Portcullis Gate and Argyle Tower. It's another defense tactic. It had two outer doors to get through, like swinging doors that open. They're huge wooden swinging doors. There's an inner door on the other side of this gate, also that swung open. And between the inner and outer door was a portcullis or that like large wooden or metal gate that would come down 
that you see a lot in movies and it fit into slots on the ground. Again, basically what you think of when you think of a medieval castle. But getting through two huge doors and then also getting through this gate and then getting through another door, it definitely gave Edinburgh Castle time to get their shit together to like fight off these people if they got through the first gate. The room above this gate holds the mechanism for the gate and it was used to house people who were arrested who attacked. Not the jail, because that's a whole other situation, but a more, I think, a comfier space for those with connections to the king and queen. You know, maybe it wasn't prisoners of war, but, you know, tax evasion or blasphemy for nobles, not peasants. If you continue, you run into the Argyle Battery and the Mills Mount Battery, both used for protection. Cannons line the north side of the castle here. There's the cart shed, where I'm assuming they kept carts. Next to that was the hospital. Behind the hospital is some grass area, which is sunken in a bit. This is the area for the west side of the castle to protect. They also had, you know, cannons and such once upon a time. And the hospital was once used to house weapons and ammunition and then was converted into a hospital. The building next to the hospital is the National War Museum of Scotland. It was the Scottish United Services Museum. And before that, the Scottish Naval and Military Museum. I have no idea what it was before it was a museum, but probably just more storage. Then there is the governor's house. Governors have lived in the house for over 250 years. And I believe the current one still lives there. So even though the castle isn't necessarily like a functioning house castle situation, there are people who still live in the castle or parts of the castle, I should say. I hope they did modern renovations because I could not live somewhere without AC or heat or running water or a stove. Like, there are just some essentials these days that you would need to have, even if you're outfitting an, like, centuries-old castle. Okay, so if you follow up the hill, you get to the new barracks, the Royal Scots Museum, and the military prison before running into another gate. If you walk through Fugue's Gate, you get a reservoir to collect water, a pet cemetery, and St. Margaret's Chapel. The chapel is the oldest building in the castle and all of Edinburgh. Today, it is still used for weddings and other religious ceremonies, which I think that'd be a fun place to get married. I mean, from looking at photos, it looks very tiny, so probably just, you know, immediate family for both, you know, sides of the family. But I think it'd be fun to get married in such an old historic building. And the view at that height is incredible, I'm sure. If you keep walking up this road that wraps around one more time, you end up at the top of the hill, top of the castle, which is known as Crown Square. The building on the north side of the square is the Scottish National War Museum. On the east side is the Royal Palace. South side is the Great Hall. And then the Queen Anne building rounds out the square. The Royal Palace holds Scotland's crown jewels and is the largest complete set in Western Europe. Another fun fact. So if you're down to steal some jewels, they, that is where they are. 
They were only used for four coronations, one being for Mary, Queen of Scots. My gal. As I mentioned, Edinburgh Castle was attacked at least 23 times. I'm not going to go through all of them because that is a lot and there's not a lot written for all of them. But just a few interesting, important ones. Again, I'm not a historian. There is so much more to these stories. If you like to research them for yourself, go for it. Let me know what you find. But... In 1296, Scotland was fighting for its independence from England, a tale as old as time. When Alexander III was king of Scotland, it was a time of peace and stability. But sadly, he fell off his horse and died. What a way to go. I always bring up A Thousand Ways to Die. Have you watched that show? It's kind of wild. Because it's all based on real events. So it's the craziest ways people have died. Because I work in restaurants, one of the things that always pops out to me is those receipt stabbers, you know, to stab a ticket. And on A Thousand Ways to Die, there was a bar fight. And one of those things was tossed on the floor with stools and a bunch of other shit. And one of the cocktail servers was knocked over and it implanted her in her titty and she initially survived because she had implants but then I think someone pulled it out or she pulled it out and then she bled to death like what a way to go that's so sad kind of how I feel about you know falling off your horse and dying like you were just having a grand old time with your horse whether the horse kicked you off or you were stupid and just you know weren't paying attention, fell off, whatever the case may be. He fell off his horse and died, which so sad. And of course, that brings an end to peace and stability. Because his only heir was his granddaughter, who was living in Norway. On her way back to Scotland to take over, she got sick and died, as many people did in the 1200s. Scotland had no one to take over the throne, so the country saw many people competing to be king. King Edward I of England saw an opening to to take control. He led an army of thousands to take control of Scotland and eventually made his way to Edinburgh, where for three days he laid siege on Edinburgh Castle and captured it known as Longshanks Siege. The castle was in control of England for around 20 years. So to get it back, Thomas Randolph gathered around 25 men together, and they scaled the side of the rock, the hill, Castle Rock. They scaled 430 plus feet. And because... No one ever suspected someone of scaling a rock cliff like that. They took the castle by surprise in 1314. However, the English shortly took back the castle in 1334. However, once again, the Scots had a clever way. I think they say cheeky, yeah, a cheeky way of getting it back. A troop of Scottish soldiers disguised themselves as merchants, and once inside the castle, they killed all 100 English soldiers. That's drag. That's drag, mama. They dressed up as merchants to get inside the castle, and people in Tennessee say we can't do drag in public. What about this? More sieges came. But in 1640, the castles were taken in 30 minutes. 30 minutes, which is so short. The governor was distracted by a general. And while he was distracted, a group of men blew up the front gate and took control without any of them dying. Like, how distracted do you have to be? And what is the distraction? I, I don't remember reading what the distraction was. So distracted where a huge bomb goes off 
The last siege was in 1745, but the army who was successful in capturing the palace on the other end of Edinburgh, Holyrood Palace, was not successful in capturing Edinburgh Castle. So their plan was kind of a bust. After that, the castle was never attacked except for a German blimp in World War I that was dropping bombs all over Edinburgh, which I talked about in a previous episode. They nearly missed the castle. Like one bomb bounced off of the, the rock face that the castle sits on. Almost got them. Okay, so that those are some, you know, important sieges, interesting sieges, dressing up in drag, rock climbing, whatever you got to do. The Trojans in their little big horse, little big horse. <laughs> Trojans in their giant horse, you know, you got to be creative sometimes to take control. I like it. I like the innovation. Now, there are two separate prisons in Edinburgh Castle. There's the military prison that was 16 cells for solidarity, solidarity, (laughs) for solitary confinement. Uh, Those were more for locals. However, the prisons of war were for foreign prisoners. Again, prisoners of war. The prisons of war sit underground under the Great Hall and kind of under Queen Anne building. The prison was first used in 1758 for French troops during the Seven Years' War. They were used again during the American Revolutionary War when, quote, Americans were attacking the British in British waters. The sailors were captured, and funny enough, the man known as the father of the American Navy John Paul Jones was born in Scotland and found himself back in Scotland in prison after attacking British ships for America. Wild. There's actually an American flag scratched into the wood of the prison today. Like you can take a tour and you can see the American flag. The prisons were used during the French Revolutionary War and the Napoleonic Wars. And they were the busiest between 1793 and 1815. They also would hold pirates because who doesn't love pirating and pirates? Basically, the prison is just one big room with hammocks kind of like bunk beds but you know there were never enough beds which causes conflict of course also having foreign troops from different countries creates conflict it was so bad sometimes people would try to escape but also like escaping trying people trying to escape a jail is standard i think if i was in jail i would try to escape the most notable was a soldier who hid in a cart under a pile of shit literally hid under a pile of shit his big plan was to be wheeled out the front gate without anyone checking shit because why would you And he was kind of right. No one did check the shit. But instead of walking him out the front door, they literally just tossed the shit off the side of the cliff. And the soldier fell to his death. He fell 430 feet to his death. There was another prison escape in 1811 when 49 prisoners escaped through a hole they made. They scaled down the castle rock with their linens. However, at the bottom, they were all captured. I think it's kind of obvious to see like white linens dangling from the side of a castle. Someone probably called it in. I mean, 1811, no one's, you know, making a phone call, but told people. 
One man during that escape did fall while climbing down and he died. Because again, it's essentially rock climbing. I'm sure it's slippery too. Like, I could not imagine. Drag saved a prisoner when a man's daughter dressed as a cobbler. And when she visited her father, they swapped clothing and he walked out with his daughter and then escaped back to France. So y'all think drag is for entertainment, and it is. But it's also, you know, war. It's to save life. It's for prison escapes. It's for taking control of a castle. Drag is so versatile. Versatile. Drag is so versatile. Okay. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Swapping clothes and then like just walking out together and being like, okay, bye. We're going back to France. Another prisoner had his wife smuggle a rope in a cask of butter to the prison where he used the rope to climb down the rock face and into an awaiting cart his son was driving. I also love that one a lot. The planning. How much churning of butter did that poor woman have to do to hide a rope into it? Brilliant. Brilliant. The commitment. Two prisoners got their guards drunk and were able to swap places with them, which is hilarious. How dumb do you have to be to get drunk with prisoners and then get locked up in the jail you're supposed to be watching? That is straight out of Andy Griffith, I swear to God. Himbos. I bet they were himbos. And for those who don't know, himbos are male versions of bimbos. Lastly, two men were able to cut their bars off their windows, which, you know, classic prison escape, cut the bars off. They used a smuggled blade. I'm sure it took them ages to cut through those bars, but eventually they scaled down the rock cliff and met up with their friends. And the four men, so two escaped, two were waiting. The four men hid in a monastery, and the minister was able to find them a boat to escape. And they got away. You know, we've seen a lot of shitty priests and clergymen But, you know, if you watch Hunchback of Notre Dame, you know not all of them are bad. So, basically, I'm just laying the groundwork for why the castle is haunted. Plenty of deaths, whether it's murder, whether it's suicide, whether it's death by accident, by getting dumped out of a cart of shit and dying. You know, there's just a lot of death. Many wars. A lot of pets dying. I'm sure there was, you know, royal death or miscarriages, unfortunately, happening. The castle has seen a lot. Centuries of death. Centuries. And then, like I talked about last episode, all the supposed witches were murdered in front of the castle on their doorstep so you really you know if you visit when y'all visit keep an eye out ghosts everywhere everywhere right around the corner there's the story of lady jane douglas i briefly mentioned her last episode but she was a gorgeous woman who lost her husband many men tried to win her over but a man named archibald ended up marrying jane that did not make william leon happy because he couldn't handle rejection he accused jane her son and a priest john leon of treason treason Because he couldn't get laid by her. 
because he couldn't win her over treason. What? That definition of an incel. Lady Jane Douglas was accused of practicing witchcraft and attempting to poison the king as well. No one had evidence because it didn't happen. But at that point, you didn't really need evidence. You could just accuse people. She was tortured, sometimes in front of her son. And eventually, she gave a false confession, as many, 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 many women did, because they were told, if you confess, we'll stop torturing you. However, if you confess, you'll be murdered. She was sentenced to death, of course, and burned at the stake while her son and husband watched helplessly from the prison. Her husband tried to escape out of the prison in Edinburgh Castle and died scaling the rocks. Though some think he died of suicide, we're not really sure. The son was eventually released from prison and the priest was exiled. Like, it would be shitty to be exiled to, like, have to leave everything you know and people you love and have really no choice about it because either you're, like, murdered or you're exiled. But I have found that it's been a common trend for priests to be exiled. So maybe they're used to it. Though also exiling people in Scotland is like, okay, send them to England, which is, you know, not very far. In 1439, a feared and loathed man, another, a different man named Archibald, was appointed governor. However, a year later, he died of natural causes. So his 16-year-old son, William, took over. Many hated the family and they were robbed of getting revenge on his father because he died. So instead of, you know, wanting to kill the evil, evil governor, Archibald, they turned to his 16-year-old son, William. However, William knew that people didn't like his father and that they'd be coming after him so he never left his house never left his house without armed guards he immediately began reaching out to those he trusted to maintain his wealth to maintain his power he was making he was making money moves he was making power moves his opposition knew they couldn't outright attack him or a civil war would break out in Scotland so instead they invited him to dinner. Kind of like Emperor's New Groove when Yzma invites Emperor Cusco to dinner and they try to kill him. If you haven't seen that movie recently, it's kind of fun to watch because, you know, instead of poison, it's like transformation potion to turn him into a llama. And Yzma doesn't want to drink it, so she tosses it over her shoulder into a plant. And when the scene comes back to Yzma with the plant behind her, the plant is now in the shape of a llama. Like the details, Disney, the details. Anyway, William and his brother David accepted the dinner plans, and when they arrived at Edinburgh Castle, they left their armed guards outside while they attended the dinner with King James II on November 24th, 1440. At the table, the men began to discuss Scotland's future, but it wasn't long before two servants entered carrying a large silver platter holding a black bull's head. This was an indication of death. David and William knew what that meant, and they immediately drew their swords However, they were no match for the many armed guards in Edinburgh Castle. The brothers were dragged outside into the courtyard, and they were beheaded. All because their dad was a piece of shit. There's another story where a king would sleep with a woman every time he went hunting, and eventually fathered a baby with this woman in the woods. The queen found out and had her and had the woman in the woods murdered, her son murdered, and her father murdered. 
So they killed the entire household. Giving Snow White an evil stepmother. When the king found out his mistress and son were dead, he raced back to Edinburgh Castle to find the castle flying black banners. He discovered that the queen was also dead. I believe from suicide, though the story isn't very clear about that. The king freaked out, waged war for no reason on his enemy, and then everyone turned on him for acting like an ass, for waging war over something for nothing. The king was taken prisoner, blinded by hot irons, and died in his prison cell in Edinburgh Castle. Again, this is forever ago. No one had chill. Everyone was so mad about everything all the time. King David II died in Edinburgh Castle on February 22nd, 1371. He became king at the age of five. I don't know what you remember doing at the age of five, but I bet it wasn't being king. However, the King of England named someone else as King of Scotland. So the five-year-old was moved to France to hide him until he was old enough to take the crown back. Because I don't know, I don't know why the King of England feels the need to meddle in other countries' businesses, but, you know, power, money, greed, selfishness. Anyway, ten years later, he returned to Scotland, and five years after that, he invaded England, so he's around 20 at this point. It didn't go well, his invasion of England, and he was taken prisoner. He was shuffled around to different castles as a prisoner and finally met his end in Edinburgh Castle at age 46. Not a gruesome death, but died in prison when he should have technically been king. More recently, a man tried climbing the rock cliff of Edinburgh Castle in 2003, and he fell 200 feet, dying. I mean, you may like rock climbing, but that does not mean you should be rock climbing on the side of a castle. Just like, you may love water. I love swimming. I love diving. I'm not putting myself in a barrel and tossing myself off the Niagara Falls. The Niagara Falls are beautiful. It'd be fun to, you know, dip my toe in. But how stupid do you have to be? Those waterfalls are crazy, incredibly powerful. And you're going to stick yourself in a barrel and launch yourself off? No. Dumb. No. But before we get into ghosts, we're going to take a quick break. Sit back. Relax. We'll be right back. Okay. The first ghost we're going to talk about is of the gray lady, classic, gray or white lady. Gray or white lady ghosts are very common in paranormal lore. Most of the time, no one knows who they are. They just have a whitish, grayish haze to them. The gray lady in Edinburgh Castle is spotted in the older parts of the castle, She's dressed in 16th century noblewoman clothing and has been seen crying, which is so sad. I don't know how I feel about crying ghosts. I think of La Llorona who cries to attract kids (laughs) and then she kills them when they get to her. I don't know how, you know, that's not great. That's not a very nice ghost, you know crying fake crying but you know you don't know if a ghost is fake crying or real crying so i don't know it's a tough one but part of me wants to be like you know are you good are you okay do you need help do you need something 
but also there's stories you know there's one in savannah where you'll you know go up to a ghost crying and she fucking beats you or something i don't remember that story you have to go back and listen to the season but she's not very nice either so i don't know some are good some are not very nice maybe just run but the gray lady is thought to be one of two women at an in Edinburgh Castle. The first option is Lady Janet Douglas, the one wrongly burned at the stake because of an incel. She, she, the Grey Ghost could also be Mary Queen of Scots' mother, Marie de Guise. De Guise. She died in 1560, but because she was on the losing side of the Scottish Reformation, her body was wrapped in cloth, placed in a lead coffin to maintain the smell, and left in Edinburgh Castle for months. Months. She was eventually transported back to her home in France to be buried since she was Catholic. But she sat in Edinburgh Castle for months. I would say it's probably her. Out of the two, a crying woman, a crying noble woman, I'm going to think it's Mary, Mary, Queen of Scots' mother. Because I feel like, you know, Lady Janet Douglas, who was burned at the stake, I think she'd be more pissed than sad. Yeah, I'm going, this gray ghost, gray lady, married a guy's. Another ghost we already talked about was the prisoner who was desperate to escape the dank, rat-infested prison that he climbed into a pile of shit and dumped over the side of the castle. There have been reports of a ghostly man that smells of dung. And when you look over the wall of Edinburgh Castle in the right spot, you will feel a pair of hands begin to push you over the edge. I honestly would take the hands pushing me over smelling manure coming from nowhere. Like, rancid. Who wants that? Who wants to smell shit every five seconds? Not I, I can tell you that. I did recently watch Clue. Clue is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love Clue. I watched it a couple nights ago, and I forgot that when he comes, uh, the butler comes to the house for the first time, he accidentally steps in dog shit and he tries to, you know, scrape it off the bottom of his shoe. But every time a guest comes in, they smell something and they look around. It's giving that. When you're at Edinburgh Castle and you smell shit and you look around and no one's around, first check your own feet. Then talk to the ghost that's walking around. Now we talked about a few sieges. But what I didn't tell you is that every time the castle was under attack, the ghost of a drummer boy would appear and play an old Scottish war tune. Now, I looked up a few Scottish war tunes, and the one I think it most likely is, is named Scots Were Here by Robbie Burns. Scots were here. I don't know if that's a if that's a good impersonation, but it's spelled S C O T S Scots space W H A space H A E were here. Scots were here by Robert Robert by Robbie Burns. The first sighting of this ghostly drummer boy was in 1650. Sadly, we don't know who this drummer boy was, and we may never know, since his ghost is headless. Yes, he is a headless drummer boy that plays Scot- Scottish war tunes during battle. His ghost hasn't been seen recently, which makes people believe even more that he only appears when the castle is under attack. But what a sight to see. Seeing a ghost in general is crazy, and then seeing a headless ghost, and then a headless child ghost, and then that child ghost is also playing the drums. 
busy little ghost, clocking into work. Another military-based ghost is that of the Piper Ghost. After the castle was done being used by royalty, it was discovered that there was a secret network of tunnels that led underground from the castle. No one knew where they led, so they sent a Piper Boy to play his bagpipes while he walked through the tunnels. And this is making me think of Avatar The Last Airbender. Is it secret or sacred? Sacred tunnel. I hate that episode so fucking much. But they like travel through a tunnel. It's cute. Okay. Um, people on Royal Mile, on the Royal Mile, could hear the bagpipes being played under the street. They followed the bagpipes down the main street toward Holyrood Palace, thinking that the tunnel would run all the way between the castle and Holyrood. However, halfway or probably a third of the way down Royal Mile, the bagpipes suddenly stopped. Search parties were sent to find the Piper Boy, but he had completely disappeared. The city council decided that it would be best to seal the tunnels, and they have never been open since. So they say, though I would bet money that people who work at the castle have been in those tunnels. Even though they've been closed to the public, to this day, people have reported hearing bagpipes played under their feet as they walk the Royal Mile. And I think it would be hilarious if the castle would, (laughs) if the castle ran speakers through the tunnels and as a huge elaborate practical joke, the city will play bagpipes underground every so often. There's the Leather Apron Man. He is a lesser-known ghost in Edinburgh Castle and was first reported in 2001 when a research team of 240 volunteers headed into the castle for, I don't know what, it wasn't very clear, but they were researching. A handful of the volunteers witnessed a ghostly man in an apron walk through one of the doors Something about him wearing a leather apron makes it creepier. Maybe it's because of the Chainsaw Massacre movies. I don't know. But a leather apron specifically is a little, you know, butchery. I don't cut you up. Creepy. Like I said, there's a pet cemetery in Edinburgh Castle that dates back to 1837. There are about 20 headstones in the quaint cemetery Only pets of military personnel, royals, and politicians who lived in the castle have pets buried there. Many of the gravestones have been worn away, but the oldest is from 1881, dedicated to Jess. Jess was a band pet of the Black Watch 42nd Royal Highlanders. Another is of Winkle who died in 1980, pet to Lady Gao and the governor. Other dogs are Yum Yum, which that name kills me, Yum Yum, uh, Tim, and Doppler. No one knows which dog, but there is a ghostly, scruffy black dog that wanders the grounds. So maybe that dog is Yum Yum. Maybe it's Tim. Maybe it's Doppler. Nobody knows, but there is a dog that roams. Many construction workers who were tasked to renovate the castle over the years have quit in the middle of their shift due to ghost sightings. Hazy blue orbs appearing over people. A lot of feelings of being watched and many report having a burning sensation on their arm. So, I will be visiting Edinburgh eventually. I don't know if, you know, some of these ghost sightings seem a little intense, but 
I definitely would visit Edinburgh Castle. I think it'd be fun. The history, the museums, Mary Queen in the Scots bed. But with that, thank you so much for joining me this season and this episode. I honestly truly appreciate it. Putting a podcast together is a lot of work and I really love doing it and having people listen just makes it that much easier and better for me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Check out the social medias. Follow Haunted Hometowns. Again, I will be eventually posting on TikTok because that's what the kids are doing these days. I will get there. That's also Haunted Hometowns. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast because I actually have a very special interview coming up to jumpstart this New York City season. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on that interview with a demonologist. I'll leave it there. Please give Haunted Hometowns five stars and leave a compliment. Send your paranormal experiences to hauntedhometownspodcast at gmail.com. Could be anything from creating a TikTok dance with an alien from Saturn's largest moon, Titan, to your living room ghost giving you a foot massage after a long day of work, which sounds amazing and I do need a foot massage. Let me know all your ghost stories and I'll meet y'all back here in April for a brand new season of Haunted Hometowns because everyone loves a ghost story. The theme song is by Tyre. Follow him on Instagram at Queer Popstar and stream his music. His name is spelled T-H-A-I-R. The artwork is by Pepe Munoz. Follow him on Instagram at p.e.p.e.munoz, M-U-N-O-Z. Got my information from Wikipedia, Edinburgh News, Military History Now, Mercat Tours, Edinburgh Castle, Dot com and the Scotsman.